This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I am your host, Eric Norton. Today's show is, of course, brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, Minnesota Nice Cards, and all of our phone guests appear courtesy of Spotty Hawk on the Spotty Hawk Cash Hotline. What is up, everybody? Hope you are all doing well. Hope you are having a blessed week as I am. Uh, we've had a great week in this office, actually. We've... Uh, in the pricing department, at least we've we've been working diligently since getting back from the uh, from the national uh, Cleveland. Everything's everything's back in the groove, and uh, we were able to uh, just jump right back in and, and pick up where we left off, which is good when uh, when you take a four day hiatus to go up to Cleveland and and uh, talk cards with everybody, which is which was fun. I, I loved it a lot, actually. Uh, I say that because we have some new pricing that we got to get to. I want to mention right here. Seventeen, eighteen Dominion basketball is priced for you. Um, of course, Bowman Platinum Platinum is now priced for you as well. And there was a Star Trek product. Star Trek is now priced for you. Two thousand eighteen Star Trek: The Original Series Captain's Collection is now priced in the online price guide. Everybody loves Star Trek or Star Star Wars. You know, depending on who you are, and of course. 2018 Tops Allen and Ginter is priced for you, and 2017-18 Premier Hockey is now priced for you. As I said, we have been busy since we got back. We got all that pricing done for you uh, this over the last week, and it's it was it's been cool to see these products come out and see how uh, the the people are interacting with them right off the national. You you guys you collectors out there interacting with these products coming right back off the national looks like you didn't spend all your money in Cleveland you saved some for the products when you got back so that's awesome congratulations to all you guys out there who hit big this week I seen some good big stuff on um, on Twitter and Facebook so congratulations to uh, everybody who hit big new pricing wise I'm sorry new new product wise this week we just have two uh, from Panini. 2017-18 Panini Crown Royal Basketball, which drops tomorrow on the 17th, and then 2018 Panini Unparalleled Football, which released yesterday on the 15th. So, just two new products from Panini this week, but that's okay. I mean, I think that uh, for for a week coming back from the national, and only two products, I think that's a good deal. And both of these are are really nice products as it is. So. Uh, Crown Royal is a staple in the collecting uh, in the collecting game, and Unparalleled is a fairly new pr- a new new product line. But uh, I like it a lot. What I loved what I loved about it was the uh, last last season. I do believe is that Panini put the name of the parallel on the back of the card, so we weren't guessing. Thank you. That was amazing that you were able to do that for us. It meant a lot to me personally because I hate trying to guess what you know the starburst and and all that other you know whatever it may be. I, I don't I don't like. Trying, I don't like the guesswork. All right, uh, other big things happening this week here at the Beckett offices. We brought back uh, season two of props between uh, myself and a he's a local sports talk radio show host, uh, part of the KNC Masterpiece. You've heard him here on these airwaves before. His name is Kevin Hagelin. Kevin and I uh, brought back props season two now. Episode one dropped this week. We reviewed the Mighty Ducks. Um, I think everybody, 
if you're you're around my age, around the forty year old mark, uh, I'm not quite forty, but I'm getting there. If you're around that age, I think that is a movie that is definitely right there in your wheelhouse. Uh, loved it as a kid. Loved it now. It, it was it was fun to go back and watch and review. Uh, of course, it doesn't always hit home when you watch it as, a, as an adult because you know there's some of the storylines are kind of watered down and, and and it's really made for kids. Um, however. I thought it, it, it held up pretty well. So that new podcast dropped this week, uh, drops on Tuesdays, and Kevin and I did a complete breakdown, and if you've never listened to props before, what it is is a movie review, and then we talk about props from the movie, or memorabilia from the movie that we would like to have, and uh, what's available on the collector's market and stuff like that. If you are into movies, if you're a, a cinephile, as we say, it's, a, it's well worth checking out. And uh, would love to have you interact with us there. Let us know what you're thinking uh, about the movies and, and get back to us. You can also catch them live on Monday. So the, the podcast drops on Tuesdays. Uh, but Mondays when we record them, you can catch us live on the Fat Packs podcast page. Uh, I'm sorry, Fat Packs Facebook page as we rec- as you can catch the live recording of the, of the podcast. You don't have to wait for the uh, audio file to come out the next day. I hope you guys go and enjoy that. We have a lot of fun doing them. Of course, Mr. Finkel and I did season one, and it was all about baseball. And just for your money's worth, we've never had more interaction on a single podcast than we did when we reviewed The Natural, which, spoiler alert, does not hold up well at all. But that's just me. I, that's just my opinion. John had a, had a different opinion after reading the book and taking a look at it a second time or a third time. I... I just didn't. I didn't care for it. But uh, I know that, that that will catch the area uh, of, of of a lot of older gentlemen who who love that movie for some reason. I don't really know why. So that happened, and then also I celebrated. Mister Eric Norton here celebrated his fourth year uh, with the company this week, and it got me looking back and reflecting on things that that have happened in the hobby over my over in the, in the four years that I've been in Beckett. And I, we've seen a lot of changes. Uh, personally, I've, you know, I've went from pricing coins, which to be honest with you was way over my head. You guys, if you're not collecting coins and selling coins and, and precious metals, it's a, it's a whole different game than, than cards. And I know that's kind of a, an, an, an elder statesman's hobby as it, because that's where most of the money is. Those man, coins is where it's at. I'm telling you right now. If you if you want to get in and dabble into something, coins. That's where that's where you go. But I've gone from pricing coins to uh, you know to hockey, and now doing hockey and the podcast, and now I'm I'm managing BBS too. So, um, which is cool. It's a it's a new challenge. I really enjoy it. But my, I've I've grown here with the company. Is trying what I'm trying to get at. If you don't know what BBS is, that's our Beckett Marketplace and our Beckett Business Solutions. Um, we have a great, this is a same shameless plug here. We have a great accelerator tool that will that will list your list your cards on our on our Beckett Marketplace stores and to eBay, uh, and vice versa. They will it'll, once you sell one, it'll it'll take them off. So love the product, love how it works. I'm I'm still learning a little bit about it, so I don't know everything. I don't think I should be expected to know everything right now as I just took it over, but uh, I'm getting to, to to know it and learn it. And so what I'm getting at is dealers, if you're out there and you want to learn more, 
please email me directly, uh, Eric, N-E-R-I-C-N, at Beckett.com. And I would love to talk to you about uh, how that works because it's really it's a really cool tool. I'm impressed with it. I know uh, that we got uh, two inqu- uh, requests from dealers for uh, for demonstrations this last week, and I am happy to help you in and help you grow your business with uh, Beckett Marketplace and eBay. Okay, all that shameless plug stuff out of the way. I want to get to uh, the show this week. We have uh, Minnesota Nice Cards. They are our new sponsor here on the Fat Packs. We had a great conversation with them yesterday. And we will play that for you uh, on the back end of this uh, on the on the back end of this show. We we talked breaking, we talked legit business, we talked um, Minnesota Twins and and growing up in in the Minneapolis area, being a Twins fan, and how that got him into collect, how it got Benjamin into collecting. And we talked uh, tops bunt, all kinds of stuff with it. It's a great interview that I, that I hope you stick around and check out. Again, they jumped on board this month to become a sponsor, and I really appreciate that. I, you, you hear that up front in the interview. This is a passion of mine. I love what I love doing these podcasts. So, anybody who gets behind what I what I love doing, uh, I want I want to help support them as well. So, when I post the show, when I post the show, I'm also going to post it along with a link to their Facebook and their website pages, so you can go get involved with what they're doing there as well. Uh, again, that, that was a phone interview, and it is courtesy of Sparty Hot Cash, Mr. Marlin, and uh, the on the Sparty Hot Cash line. Thank you again to those guys for uh, for hooking it up. Also, thanks to our other sponsors again, uh, Collectible Card Club, who who is at the top of subscription boxes in the card industry, and Monster Breaks again. Uh, if you're not breaking with Kyle and Curtis, I'm not really sure what you're doing, man. Those guys are legit just go go check out their page and look at the amount of product they go through each week it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but they do such a good job our second interview well, actually our first interview which will be coming up here shortly is going to be with brian Rideout of new heart cards um love 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 the hobby shop love it a lot so Wanted to bring it back to the future that we've we've done time from time to here. It was a hobby shop of the week and you know, hobby shop of the month, whatever you want to call it. Those guys, Brian's going to jump on uh, on the line here with me uh, momentarily, and we're going to have a great conversation about. Well, we're both veterans, so we're going to talk about military stuff. We're going to talk about uh, owning a shop, running a shop. What's it like now in today's current market in the hobby? We're going to talk about the national. We're going to talk about his. Uh, Beckett did a great feature this week. For the Southern Hobby Kid Collectors of the Week, those two little girls are are from his shop. So we're going to talk about a plethora of things that I hope you're going to enjoy. Uh, and stick around with me here till to till the end with Minnesota Nice Cards, and it's going to be a great show altogether, guys. Thank you very much again for hanging out this week. Be right back on the other side of this break with Brian Rideout of New Heart Cards. Hang tight, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Derek Ficken with Beckett Grading Services. You're listening to Beckett Radio, home of the best radio show ever. Joining us now on the Fat Packs Podcast is our first interview guest of the week. It's Mr. Brian Rideout of New Heart Cards in Delaware, Ohio. How are you doing, sir? Wonderful. How are you guys doing? Man, we're, I'm doing really well. Uh, Thanks for jumping in on late notice here. We were looking, for, we had a, a spot to fill, and we went to a Facebook group, and you jumped right in and said, "Hey, I'll do it." So, uh, I appreciate 
your flexibility hopping in last minute to do this. No problem. Anytime, man. So uh, let's let's introduce you to our audience who may not know who you are. Brian, tell us uh, how long you've been involved in the hobby. I personally have been back in the hobby since about 2011 uh, in the military overseas. Got medevaced out of Iraq and was stuck in a hospital bed and watched all the TV I could. So I jumped on uh, YouTube and started watching box breaks. And that kind of scratched the itch that I was looking for. And it was all over from there. Just jumped right in. As soon as I got out of the military, I partnered up here and came in, worked with Keith at Newhart Cards. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the story. So Now, um, you mentioned military. And we, we spoke offline briefly yesterday about, you know, we're both Army vets. And... Uh, I was wondering when you were going through basic training, well, more more specifically AIT, and you had a little bit more privilege. Uh, ho- hopefully, I was like we did. We we could go to the post PX and stuff like that. I started picking up uh, cards there uh, in in the in the kids section, knowing full well that I probably wouldn't be able to bring them back with me. Did you do the same mm-hmm. thing? Were you, were you like in the in the PX looking for cards uh, when you were in training? Yep, definitely. I uh, I remember one of the, that was like when I first kind of started dabbling back in it and I bought a blaster box of like it was 20 2008 like tops update or something then and uh I pulled like a David Ortiz patch to like 25 and thought it was like the greatest thing in the world but yeah I was trying to figure out how I was going to sneak that back in and not get caught for contraband or anything along those lines exactly I had the same problem uh mine was a little bit before that so mine was 01 and I pulled a Chris Winkie card and I was like oh man I've got to get this back, but in, in the end, it was Chris Winkie, and it didn't really matter, right? So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I was, I was uh, just in the military. Everybody has their own little quirks. Like I was in, I was in a unit with guys who you know played Pokemon, and they would play you know Magic: The Gathering and stuff like that. And then I felt like I was the only other card collector in the unit. And then one day. I find out that there's like three or four of us, and then we it, we, we built a brotherhood from there. Uh, I hate to say it, but clicks do do happen in the military, and we were our little card collecting click, and that was uh, that was okay with me. Yeah, we definitely we had I had a couple of those uh, in Germany. I actually found three or four guys that were collectors also, and we would kind of throw our money together and split cases, or you know, jump in case breaks and kind of help each other out. And um, and then when I was in the process of getting out, I went through the Warrior Transition Unit at Fort Knox, and there was three or four guys there in the unit that were collectors also. So they ended up being probably the quickest guys that I connected to. And it was, it was fun to definitely find somebody that was in the hobby in the area, and, especially and, overseas. Cause you know, it's being from the States, never being in Europe and then going over there, it's all kind of new. So when you, so when you find somebody, you know, or a group of guys that you can connect to that have a common interest, it definitely makes things easy. Yeah, it definitely does. And, uh, you're going to understand this when I say this, but those who are out there who have not been in the military, might not but uh it it's important to be able to connect with somebody outside of we're in the same unit and you have my back and i have yours because you know that's that's your job so you need some you need something to take your mind off of that uh and if it's sports cards then so be it let it be sports cards and some of my best relationships still center around sports cards uh whether whether from the military or outside of the military so uh one, one. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you've thank done. You. Thank you for your service as well. And, and uh, so let's let's move forward here and talk about sports cards just in general. I wanted to get that out of the way. But um, 
So you 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 jump in with Keith over at Newhart Newhart Cards, and uh, is is that a dream that you had growing up, maybe to be a part owner in, in a shop or, or be affiliated with a shop? Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because uh, my brother and I, my brother originally got me into collecting back in the mid to late eighties. Um, and we used to, we would get our cards and then we would wrap them up in like construction paper wrappers and set up card shops in the basement at my parents' house. And, and I told him all along, I was like, one, one of these days I'm, I'm going to have a baseball card shop or I'm going to work in one. And then the way things just kind of panned out, I got out of the military with 100% VA disability rating and pretty much had the option to do something that I love to do. And, and Keith was pretty receptive. He was looking for a little bit of help. The shop was growing. So you know, it was, it was like a dream come true, you know, to come into the shop and, and be involved in it. And, you know, it's the best decision I ever did. I told my wife, I never feel like I work a day in my life because I love what I do so much. It's fun. That's, um, you know, that, that's key. I was just reflecting earlier in the, in the show about, um, this week, this, this mark, this week marks the four year anniversary of me coming over to, uh, to, to Beckett and working in, in, in the industry before, after I got out of the military, I was working in the transportation industry and that was a job that I could, I could do for the rest of my life. And I would have, and I was, I was very good at it. I didn't have any problems. I like, I didn't go home and, you know, uh, worry about things the next day. I knew, I knew, I'd, I knew what I was doing. And then I left, I left that to work in a passion for, with a passion in the industry that I loved since I was a child. And I got here to Beckett and it's been challenging sometimes, but I don't feel like I work a day in my life because it's, it's just, it's, it's baseball cards and football cards and it's not really work. You know, it's, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm helping collectors in the, in the same way you guys over there are helping collectors so much so that you, you, you're one of the most popular uh, uh, sites on, on Facebook. You guys got a nice Twitter following. It's, it's good to see you guys are doing it right. Yeah, you know, and, and Keith and I, you know, in, in the over the, the past four years, kind of as the shop has grown and the social media following has grown, you know, we've really put an emphasis on building relationships with other collectors and people that are looking to get into the hobby, you know, because we both enjoy this and, and we both have a blast on what we do. I mean, every day in the shop is a new day. You don't know what's going to walk in. And, you know, to be able to connect with other collectors that are not just in our local area, but outside the area through social has been amazing. And, it's really, you know, we just came back from the national and we had guys walking up to our table from all over the world. Like, Hey, you know, I follow you guys on Twitter and you know, that, that Jordan card you showed or the LeBron da 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 da. And it was just really cool because, you know, you're able to reach out and kind of build relationships. And then, you know, every year at the national or if someone's coming through the area, they stop in. It's really cool to put a face to the name and, and have, you know, that relationship outside of, you know, just the, the transaction part of the business. It and, is, you know, that's something that we really enjoy. That that is very important to to be able to do that because you know online they're just they're just a name you know they're a they're they're a profile picture but being able to uh, put those together it makes it more personable and therefore you know that builds trust in the community mm-hmm. and it builds relationships that will hopefully grow into you know, more relationships. So that's, uh, that's, you guys are doing great. You mentioned the national, uh, obviously we talked about it last week on last week's show and we had four shows from the national show floor. I seen you guys set up there. I couldn't get over to you, but I wanted to ask when you go to a, a big show like that, that's the biggest show in the country. How is the transitioning back to the shop process? How does that go? Is, can it be painful? Can it be, uh, you know, a drag? Do you guys have it worked out smoothly now? I mean, you, you obviously you guys set up at the national, and so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know it's just part of the deal. But how does the transition back go? 
It uh, it actually like this was our third year setting up, fourth year going to the national, and every year you know it, it kind of it gets a little easier. Um, the good thing about the national for us is we use that every year to kind of reset our inventory and to reprice things and just to make sure that our prices are competitive. And, and if we have kind of stale inventory, we'll blow it out and move it to another dealer. And then talking to other people in the industry, you know, Rob Barris at Burbank is, is a big inspiration to us because, you know, he has such a big operation and it's very efficient the way he does things. And so every year we kind of pick his brain a little bit, or we talk to other you know shop owners and we, you know, just kind of use that as a way to figure out how can we do things better for our operation. So like this year coming back, you know, we decided that we're going to tear our, our, our back storeroom apart and kind of redesign it to make it more efficient and make it easier to find things so that we could help, you know, collectors or individuals come in looking for stuff. So, you know, like we have, you know, sets and stuff now labeled and we have a list of kind of what sets are available. We have boxes of vintage comments that we can't necessarily get out in the shop, but, you know, we've put a priority on getting those kind of separated and easier to get to the customer when they come in asking for them. So every year, you know, it's, it's something new. And the transition, you know, we, we take a group of guys with us, and, and they're an amazing group of guys that help us with, you know, all the labor side of it. And then, it, you know, the way we kind of do it, it, it's pretty easy to get the shop back together. The biggest thing for us is just getting stuff back online onto the eBay page and, and getting, you know, quality inventory back out. But it yeah, we're, we got it down to about a two to three day process once we get back now. That that's good. And what I'm what I'm hearing there is that you're learning as as you uh, you know as you as you grow at the national and, and come back, you're learning new processes and new uh, new steps to take to uh, to help further your customers' experience. So uh, that's important. Exactly. You brought up Varus. Have you ever been out to uh, to to Burbank and see, and seen the massiveness that is Burbank Sports Cards? I have not, and Keith and I have talked about it numerous times, and Rob's invited us out, and we are going to make that trip one of these days just to go out and kind of, you know, sit down, have dinner with him, and talk some more, but also see his operation. It, you know, just through the pictures that I've seen on social, it's he's got an amazing setup out there, and, and I can only imagine how vast, you know, it is once you're actually there and you see it in person. Oh, I want to focus on new cards here, but uh, just for a moment, it is m- – Impressive is not even it, it doesn't do it dil- is diligence. It's uh it's it's so massive. And for them to be able to find the card that you've ordered in the um, in these little amount of times it takes, I think it's thirty six seconds that they can pull a card, that is ridiculous for, for a man who has over forty four million cards in stock. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I know just with us, like when we're pulling inventory for eBay sales, like there's some days where it takes me 15, 20 minutes to find a card, and I feel like we're pretty organized. So I could, you know, to get down to the the efficiency that he has out there is, is amazing just to think about. But that, but that's great though that at least you're you guys there are recognizing something where you can grow, and that's awesome that you're you're doing things to 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 do that. So uh, kudos to you, sir, for that. Um, I, I want to bring up the uh, the kid collector of the week, man. These these two young ladies who are are from your guys' shop. Uh, how yeah. that how that come to be? It, it's kind of kind of interesting. Like their their father, Chris, he's kind of got back into the the collecting side recently, and he had stopped in a few times. You know, just like any kind of new collector or somebody getting back into, it, had a bunch of questions and just kind of helped him out and kind of you know, gave him our thoughts on directions to go, what products to look at or, you know, boxes to buy. And, you know, he kind of jumped in and once he felt comfortable and he started buying stuff and 
he actually the Otani autograph that you guys graded at the show um, that was pulled out of a box and you know he was pretty excited for that and the they got the trout update they actually found that in a deal through like Craigslist and you know it's they they stop in two or three times a week now he brings the girls with him and they just love coming in and you know opening stuff and just hanging out and it's it's awesome to see not only him get back into it but him to bring his daughters into it because you don't you know you don't see a lot of kids especially young women that are into the the hobby and you know it's really cool to see their enthusiasm you know when they open a box and pull out a you know an Otani auto or you know Mookie Betts auto or Correa or whatever they they the picture that was shared uh, on the article they look like they're just having such a blast and uh She's proudly holding that that trout update. That is, that is great. And the Otani, they just look so happy doing this. Um, with that, I, w- I want to lead that into. Did you guys participate in uh, Topps National Baseball Card Day this this past weekend? Yes, we did. It was actually a, a pretty a pretty good day. You know, like talking to other shops. You know, it was a really popular day in the hobby, and we weren't kind of sure how it was going to be for us locally, but it actually turned out to be pretty good. And we went through just about all of the promo stuff that Top sent out. Had a decent amount of traffic in the store that day. So, with 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 an article like this of uh, about Lauren Madison, and then piggybacking off of Top's National Baseball Card Day, um, what's it like for a shop to be able to interact and get? I mean, how does that make you feel as a, as a you know a, a, in the shop to have these kids come come to you excited about baseball cards? Because you know there's there's been a period probably. 10 or 15 years where we talk about we got to get kids back in the hobby, we got to do more things. And I think that's happening. So seeing Tops do this and or seeing uh, Upper Deck with the National Hockey Card Day, how does it feel as, as a shop to see these kids come in and just devour this stuff? It's an amazing feeling. Like, you know, to be able to share your passion with somebody else is always a good thing. But when when it's someone that's young and, and you can tell that they are really passionate about it and they want to learn and they want to, be involved it, it's it's an amazing feeling you you just really i find that you know when when we have younger people walk in that are looking to get into it i kind of gravitate gravitate toward helping them mm-hmm. and kind of pointing them in the right direction whether it be you know singles for their collection or you know if they want to get a hobby box or something you know it's not cheap to buy hobby boxes especially for you know 14 15 16 year old kids so you know i want them to be able to find a product that I think they're going to be happy with that they're going to get good value out of because I don't want them to get a bad taste in their mouth the first time or the second time they purchase a, a box or something. And then when tops and upper deck do the promos and Panini with the, you know, the father's day or black Friday packs, it really provides that extra value that keeps them coming back. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing feeling. We do trade nights where we invite people in and, and have pizza and soda and, you know, allow people to trade. We do box breaks at the trade nights and, we do a lot of giveaways with the younger people in mind to kind of just provide value and, and show them that you don't necessarily have to have a pocket full of money to have fun in this industry. Let's talk about trade nights, man, because that's a there's there's four or five shops here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and I honestly cannot tell you that I know that any of them do trade nights. But throughout the Midwest, um, all the shops that I know of through the Midwest, whether it be you know Missouri or Cleveland or, or Kansas or you know, on back east, you guys all have trade nights. I don't know why that, that's a thing that doesn't work its way down here. When you guys set up a trade night, how many how many customers do you have coming in and, and enjoying that? Uh, our average trade night, we get about thirty five to forty people in the door. 
you know, anywhere from 10, 12-year-old kids all the way up to, you know, 40, 50-year-old men. Um, the last couple trade nights have been really good. We've had a lot of families come in. And, you know, it, it, I, I'm, I wish we would have started doing it sooner because not only, you know, is it a good day for the shop because money gets spent, products get purchased, and we're able to buy collections, you know, ultimately to resell, but just the interaction, it builds the strength of the hobby, especially, like, locally. And, you know, we're in central Ohio. We've had people from Kentucky, Indiana, New York, Michigan drive in to actually come to our trade nights. And, you know, it's just it's it's an awesome feeling when you get that many collectors together and everybody's having a good time and, you know, you get some big hits pulled out of boxes or people get to, you know, trade for a nice PC card and everybody kind of leaves happy and in a good mood. That that's uh that's always a good feeling. You you said PC. Do you collect anything, sir? Do you have a PC? I do not. I you know I I used to collect a lot, and being on the shop side now, you see so much stuff that you wish you could have in your collection that it kind of gets overwhelming. Yeah. And that started with my first trips to the national. So now I do a little bit of like quarterback prospecting for guys that I think might pan out in the long run. Um, I still have a few, like, Indians and Browns PC cards, but I don't have any, like, true, like, big collection of stuff. But occasionally I will grab something that catches my eye or something that I just got to have it. Sure, sure. Now, uh, you mentioned the Browns there. How – I know that it's it's just preseason, and but they're on hard knocks and the hype is pretty big. How are Browns doing in your shop right now? They're, they're actually – you know, we, we've had a lot of interest in, in the Nick Chubb and the Baker Mayfield, but also, like, you know, we've had it just in the past week or so, a couple guys coming in looking for Tyrod Taylor cards in a Browns uniform. Okay. So it definitely helps when, when the local teams get that kind of notoriety or that, that big stage. You know, it definitely will pique interest, and we do see, like, an increase. Not quite, like, a lot to where you're like, wow, i got to make sure I buy all these Browns cards that walk in. You know, we're still we still get the Ohio State guys more than any, anything, but we have seen a slight like uptick in and people looking for Brown stuff. Now, on the on the other hand of that, uh, what about the Cavs with LeBron leaving? Has that have you seen guys seen a steady decline in Cavs sales? No, it's it's crazy because like Keith and I had that discussion. You know, when LeBron decided to leave Cleveland, it's like is his stuff going to go down? Are people still going to be looking for LeBron stuff or Cleveland stuff? And it hasn't changed. If anything, you know, the LeBron market has actually gotten better for us and we just can't keep LeBron cards in the shop. Even Kyrie with that whole situation, we still sell a lot of his stuff in the shop. That's very interesting. I I would, I just would have assumed it would have been the other way around, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what we thought. And we were kind of like, okay, do we kind of slow down on buying these, you know, buying LeBron stuff or do we still buy it? And, and you know, put it out, and people still love it, and come in at least a couple times a week looking for LeBron stuff. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, man, uh, we're gonna wrap this up. I've, I told you it'd be about twenty minutes, and I want to keep my word to you. Uh, I know that time is valuable. You guys are just opening up there uh, as you're uh, in Easter Standard Time, I do believe. So, uh, you got to get your shop running. Uh, with that, thank you very much for joining me. You are were of course online uh, on the phone with us today. Courtesy of Sparty Hawk Cash and the uh, Sparty Hawk Cash Hotline. Thank you to them once again. Um, before we get out of here, please tell my listeners where they can find you on social media so they can follow you and get involved with your store. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, New Heart Cards, N E U H A R T C A R D S on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook, Twitter are our main kind of connection to, through social. But, you know, we're also on Instagram. We're kind of building that up. And the eBay page is the same. New Heart Cards, just like, 
you know, the, the shop name, uh, newheartcards.com is our website. And, you know, give us a call, come check us out, stop by. Awesome. Please, guys, go do that. Uh, Brian's a great guy. You've seen him. We've featured them, actually, uh, I feel like a lot lately uh, on the Beckett pages, whether it be Shop of the Week or, or Kid Collector of the Week or whatever. I've, I've seen your, your names a lot out there just on, on Beckett organic stuff. And then I've always seen you on social media as well. So it's been yeah, nice. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the Chris Bryant Super Fractor right. years back. Exactly. Know? I remember um, coming down there and hooking up with you guys and going through that whole process. So mm-hmm. Beckett has definitely given us some love and appreciation, and we're grateful for that. And it's definitely helped us get some attention and yeah it's it's good for the hobby it definitely so. definitely is all right man uh, thanks for hanging out with me and we'll talk again soon okay awesome thanks man you guys hang tight we'll be right back this is eric norton co-host of beckett radio and you're listening to the number one sports collecting podcast in the world home of the fat packs guys we are back after that quick break and uh joining me now on the phone is a new sponsor here at the Fat Pass. You heard me mention him last week. His name is Ben. He runs Minnesota Nice Cards. You can find him on social media outlets as MN Nice Cards. But uh, Ben, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Eric. I'm I'm so happy that you're here. You're joining us. Thank you. First, thank you. I want to personally thank you for jumping on and sponsoring the show. That really means a lot to me. Um, we we take our sponsorship seriously here and. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about podcasting. Sponsorships are not easily uh, gained. So uh, you stepping up to the plate and saying, yes, I'll do that means a lot to me personally. So uh, this is my passion. This is my, my little my little passion child that I, I, I try to make as best as I can. So you saying I want to get behind that means a lot to me personally. So thank you, Ben, for, first of all, for doing that. Yes, you're very welcome. You know, I, uh, the first thing you think of when you think of cards, at least in my head, is Beckett engraving and this is, goes right along with that. So I'm happy. I'm happy that you have me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's uh, let's introduce you to uh, my listening audience. Uh, how long have you been involved with the hobby? Oh man. Uh, so the hobby itself, uh, ever since I was a little kid. You know, I um, probably very similarly to a lot of uh, kids in the late '80s and early '90s was big into collecting, uh, mostly baseball cards, but. Um, everything back in the day, you know, I'd, uh, ride my bike a couple miles to the video rental store where they had all the packs of cards, you know, even if I couldn't buy any, I always just wanted to see what was new. And so, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was in, into collecting. I, um, have, I did take a hiatus from the hobby. I think, um, as a lot of people do, or probably did as they got older, you know, um, Teenage years, college years, I didn't really collect a whole lot, and um, I've just gotten back into it probably within the last two, two and a half years or so. Okay, so uh, let me stop you there. I don't know if you've listened to our past shows, but there's a running theme here uh, on the Fat Packs. When we interview people, a lot of a lot of the guys like yourself say, I did take a hiatus, I took a break, you know, and I came back. 99% of the time, that break was because of a girl. Was it because of a girl, Ben? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was a girl or if, I mean, sure, there were girls. I, um, <laughs> there's a girl now. My wife isn't, it wasn't always, wasn't the biggest fan of this when I got into it. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> bless her heart. She's, uh, um, supportive now. Um, but yes, no, I, I mean, girl, college, um, everything kind of got in the way, you know, life, career now with a, a full-time job. So there's a lot of stuff that uh, 
that got in the way. But now I'm, I'm really excited to be back. I mean, I've had the most fun. I've met the, a lot of the coolest people and a lot of my good friends now are in the hobby. And this has been really um, something that I've had, developed a deep passion for. It, it's funny how that happens, right? Because you know, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm a child of the late 80s, early 90s. I was into collecting my favorite set is 87 tops. I love the Bo Jackson rookie in it. The wood grain is the sexiest uh, card I can think of. But uh, now that this is, I'm an older, I'm older, man. I'm, I'm almost 40 now. And looking back, it was all fun about collecting when I was a kid, but now it's about the people and the relationships and how it just draws you back into it is ridiculous. And then next thing you know, two years later, you, you, have, you have a full breaking website. You know, it's, it's, it's weird like that, right? Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. That '87 top series for me was game changing too. And um, you know, the Mark McGuire and the Barry Bonds from that set. I still remember um, there was an Otis Nixon card from that set that sure. I was probably five at the time when it came out. My brother used to show it to me on purpose because I'd get scared and like run away. And it was, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm thinking of that now, but like the '87 top set and and you know a few of the sets around that time were like the biggest memories of my childhood and, and it was really exciting for me when they came out you know and and redid that set last year in 2017 tops to have like that same right i don't know i'm getting chills it's just like it was just really cool for me to see that again and i think that i mean they know what they're doing they're doing that on purpose they're bringing back a lot of those memories for us collectors from when we were kids and it's it's exciting you know exactly it is exciting now you are you based in minnesota yeah based okay. in plymouth minnesota um, I don't, I do not have a shop, but I do all of the, uh, I mean, my, my basement basically turned into a shop, right? <laughs> got, um, my breaking set up down there and I've got all the inventory, all the supplies. Um, yeah, based in Plymouth, Minnesota. Awesome. Now, did you grow up in Minnesota? I did. Yes. I've been here most of my life. Um, if, for those of you that aren't familiar, it's a great place to live. We've got all four seasons, uh, it, the winters do get cold. You know, that's the first thing everybody thinks about Minnesota. Oh, it's got to be cold up there. Well, it's 85 and perfect today, and it has been most of the summer. So, Very nice. Um, <laughs> the nice thing about Minnesota, too, is when it's nice out, because of our cold winters, like, everybody gets outside during the summer, and it's just the patios are full, people are on the lake, the boats, the biking. It, it, people take advantage of the nice weather when we can get it. Awesome. All right, so now you, you don't need to convince. I've been trying to convince my, my my wife to move to Minnesota for about four years now, so uh, she won't do it. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. What I was getting at I was asking you these these uh, these leading questions about being in Minnesota and growing up in Minnesota. Were you a Twins fan? And if so, did those Twins Twins teams in the eighties have anything with you doing? with collecting because 85 tops you got the Kirby Puckett rookie and well 85 you got the Kirby Puckett rookie and then you have those amazing twins teams uh, into the late 80s and early 90s D did that play a big role in your in your collecting as a child oh 100% yes my you know I was a little early I was really young I would have been three or four when the um, the uh, Puckett rookie came out but definitely the 87 series I remember convincing my dad to stay up super late well for me when I was five to stay up super late to watch those playoff games. And, um, he took me to the parade when I was five. I remember that sitting on the shoulder and watching the, you know, those are the, that, Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe that I was actually there, like celebrating with everybody. Um, those are some of the best memories too. I mean, I don't have to tell you about the 91 series. That was one of the best world series 
ever. Right. Yeah, in, yeah. In a lot of people's opinions, not just me as a homer. And um, so, yeah, that was definitely, you know, and you speak of those cards. Those cards are like the cards now that as I'm like, what, 36, I guess, uh, I'm going back and trying to find, like, I'm, I'm going back and I'm like, oh, I found this on eBay. I'm getting some of these cards that I wasn't able to get when I couldn't get them back then or that sure. never was lucky enough to pull them. And now I have some of those. So, yeah, 100% growing up Twins fan, all Minnesota sports fans. I mean, it's tough. Don't get me wrong. Like, being a Minnesota sports fan, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> if you're, it's not for the faint of heart. But, um, yes, all of that has driven me to where I am today, which is a huge baseball fan and huge collector of sports, sports memorabilia now, even all of it. So we, we talked about what got you into it. What brought you back into it uh, here a few years ago? What was the set that, that like you, you noticed that you had to get into it? So there's a couple different factors. I don't know. I, I was really um, – I, I found the top bunt at, actually, to be okay. honest with you. All right, was yeah. A couple years ago. Uh, are you familiar with the top bunt app? Yeah, we're very familiar with it here. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that was like, to me, it was the coolest thing. I was like buying these packs for these coins that I collected, and I was able to get these chase cards. And and from there, you know, I had joined this top bunt Facebook group, and people were talking about the cards, and that was cool. And somebody mentioned uh, where, oh, they were, you know, showing highlights of physical cards and all this stuff. Like, Man, cards have changed a lot since my day. This a couple years ago, I'm looking at like, National Treasures of 2015 or something. You know, some of these patch cards with the booklets or the multiple signatures, and I'm like, man, this this is cool. So I started buying in the cards again, and, it, you know, before you knew it, I'm buying retail packs at the store, and I am I found a breaker, and I'm buying spending more money than I you know, thought I'd spend. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, this, <laughs> this can get really expensive. But at the same time, I was having a lot of fun, so I, was, I didn't mind that I was spending more money. Um, I found something that I was passionate about. It brought back a lot of feelings, you know, exciting feelings, chasing things. And so, yeah, that's that's really the bunt app. I can probably, I don't know if you'd say blame, but <laughs> uh, blame the bunt app for getting me back into what I've now turned into a business that is almost full-time. You know, I've got a regular full-time job. But Let's talk about the bunt app just for a little bit longer. Um, that That's an internal... And a Beckett office in the in the pricing room, that's an internal conversation we have all the time. Is what do we do with the Bunt app? Because right now, currently, we don't price those cards, but it, it, the the virtual collecting is getting so popular that I think eventually, at some point in the future, we're gonna have to do it. What when you get into Topps Bunt and you see the way those cards sell on the secondary market, does that just blow your mind? Because it it sure does around here. Oh yeah, that was the that was the biggest thing. I, I was getting these cards, and people were like, messaging message me, wanting to trade for this card. I had some super rare, you know, out of ten, uh, I don't know, probably Judge Rookie or something that came out of a set that you had to pay a lot of coins to get. And I didn't know what I had apparently. And they're like, well, you can sell that for forty, fifty dollars on eBay. I'm like, what? It's a digital. I don't even own it. You know. Tops can say, I don't have access to that anymore. How am I going to go sell it for somebody else so they can now own this? I like It's mind-blowing what the app is doing for collecting. And I don't know. I mean, I don't get into the whole, it, can you even sell those things? I don't know. But it was kind of a <laughs> eye-opener. Like, people pay for these. 
It, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, yeah. and it's across all plat. It's, it's you know, tops tops has bunt and, and kick and and huddle and all that, and then Panini has their their platforms as well with dunk and uh, gridiron, and tops even tops has the Star Wars. It's it's a, it's amazing how they that has worked its way into the hobby. Even Upper Deck with EPAC, uh, it's it's just nuts to me. It's it's absolutely nuts to me. I don't completely understand it. But that's neither here nor there. Let's let's get into your breaking room. What made you say, "I want to become a breaker"? Because I'm going to be honest with you, man. Breakers are like nowadays. I don't I don't want to sound rude or anything. They're a dime a dozen, man. You somebody's got a new breaking site every day. You know, I, oh, I think I can do this, and they and they jump into it. What made you want to take that leap, and what makes you different from you know, what sets you apart from the other breakers? That's a great question. So I agree with you. There are a lot out there and my one recommendation is to find somebody who you can trust and break with them and, and you know i've got several people that i break with for me it was kind of along these same lines of okay i, I was in this bunk group on facebook uh, my story is probably a little more unique i never really broke with i never bought cards from any of the big name breakers that you hear of um i never even found breaking on a website i basically was in this bunt group where we were talking about physical cards and I got referred to a Facebook breaker who did a really good job and I, I like to watch the videos. I, I think my wife still is probably annoyed when I have the sound on in bed at 10 at night. Sure. And I'm watching people rip packs and she's listening to this crackling noise without getting the full view and the excitement of it. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the biggest thing for me was I went from this guy who was very good at it, and I trusted him, and I was um, buying into his breaks, to I found uh, some breaks on eBay. I was like, oh, I'll buy these. They're player breaks. I can maybe get a cheap card that, of somebody I want if I can bid, win the bids to the player break. And I went to one of the videos, and it was just this – it was an awful experience. It was foul mouth, like not even showing all the cards. And I'm like, how do people pay for this? This is ridiculous. And then one thing led to another. You know, I've been – spending quite a bit on breaks and cards and i was talking to these guys in the phys- in the bunk group and we talked about physical cards i'm like hey, you know, why don't i just open some packs for you i'll buy a couple boxes and you know i started doing facebook live on my phone with like three boxes of maybe like 2015 draft picks and the, the spot prices were like four or five dollars a spot you know and i'm losing money but i'm like let's just get together and do this and it literally turned from Maybe me and like 20 other guys splitting a couple boxes basically to within a month, I'm like registering a business with the state of Minnesota, getting uh, signed up with distributors to get products at a discount and uh, setting up like a three camera setup in my basement and just, just taking off. And I didn't expect it. I was never in it to do like the big business side of it i was just in it for collecting i mean even still i i break and then i use my money to buy into other breaks and grow my collection and that's kind of how i started but i never expected it to turn into what it has today you know we've got over 800 members uh, or members of, of the group um from like 20 uh, you know a year ago at this time now you mentioned something there that i I guess you know your good breakers would would know. Obviously, they would know because there's there's huge names out there that have been breaking for a while. But you said you re- you you had to register for a business license in the state of Minnesota. I wonder how many guys are out there just doing this on Facebook, you know, via Facebook Live, who who don't even comprehend that 
that's probably something they should do. Did you have a checklist or something like that that you went through before jumping on and doing this part? I'll say full time. Jumping on and doing this full time that you had you that you had to go by one by one to to get, uh, or did did you just kind of play it by ear? I didn't really have any guidance from anybody else, but what I didn't want to do is be in a situation where it does turn into something where I owe taxes at the end of the year or I pay. Um, I, I wanted it to be legit. And so from the start, like from we maybe done four or five breaks where I'm using my personal credit card to buy the products and my personal banking account before I had uh, a business license, reseller license, business checking and credit cards. And then it was full-fledged like, okay, everything's in the business. I'm paying taxes on my income, same as I would any other business. And I'm going to agree with you. I don't think, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but there's, I would say the majority of the people that are breaking on Facebook are not doing that. And I, I don't, I'm not in the business of telling people, other people what to do, but um, I'd hate to have something happen where they're, the tax man's coming after them for all this money or, or PayPal. Cause you know, once you get to a certain point in PayPal, transactions you're getting uh they're sending it to the irs and saying you have all this income and so i i don't know what other people do but i wanted to make sure that i'm doing it the right way it's uh that that paypal is a scary scary thought right because we've seen them shut down accounts before just in you know i'm going to say the r word in the ras groups we've seen them shut down paypal accounts in uh in buy sell trade groups uh, it, I think actually it's it's going through another round of that where people are getting getting their funds locked up. So um, knowing going into the into the situation and knowing that you've 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 dotted your eyes and crossed your t's uh, is a plus for my listeners and anybody else who might jump on and break with you because you're a legit business and you've done your thing to make sure that you are a legit business and guys, my listeners and other guys who 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 have found you already know that they can trust you. And that's, that's a step that your, your common run of the mill Facebook breaker has not done. I guarantee you they haven't done it because they're trying to skirt the system. It's a little, it, that, that in itself is a little sketchy. So kudos to you, sir, for uh, taking the proper steps and setting it up. Right. Uh, likewise. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, I, I do understand that, PayPal has been cracking down on some other people. I don't anticipate that affecting my business because I take different services. People are getting what they pay for. There's no, uh, there's no funny business. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. I hope it doesn't affect my customers because that would indirectly affect me. But um, yes, I appreciate that. Now, it, you know, it, 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 I mean, it is what it is, right? You, there, there are guys in this business that uh, you know try to try to skirt the lines, and then there are those who do it correctly. So. What I was just trying to get as you're doing it right, so that's awesome. All right, tell me some of the bigger pulls that you that you've had over at MN Nice Cards, uh, or I'm sorry, MN Cards and Minnesota Nice Cards. What are, what are some of the things that you've pulled that that uh, your customers have been really thrilled about? Oh man, we've we've pulled a lot of of awesome stuff. I'll tell you that, and it's not always the stuff that's maybe worth the most money that people get the most excited about. Like, um, for example, we pulled uh, out of Tier 1 this year, a one-of-one one Cal Ripken auto, but it was cool because it had a relic in it, which was the tip of the pen that he'd use to sign the card. And I hadn't, I hadn't seen that before. You know, I'm still, I'm still seeing all these things for the first time, and some of these things are pretty cool. And so that was – people thought that card was pretty cool. 
Um, most recently, I guess out of definitive, I pulled a one of one Hank Aaron auto, which was really nice. I mean, that's a higher end product. So we, um, we actually pulled two Hank Aaron autos out of the same case. Um, that was pretty cool. I guess as far as like the bigger, the bigger money cards tend to come out of Bowman draft or Bowman. Um, you know, I had a orange Keston Hira out of 25 auto out of Bowman draft that ended up getting, that they ended up getting graded and then selling for, I think, 1500. Okay. Um, the, on a Bowman 2018 Bowman this year, we pulled an out of five red refractor of Hunter Green. Uh, so that was really exciting. I don't even know what that sold for. I should follow up with him. But that was a really cool car. That was probably our biggest pull out of Bowman. Um, been pulling a lot of Otani autos out of everything. I mean, he's been in a lot of things. Those are always exciting. You know, the, we pulled a bunch out of Donruss, Diamond Kings. You know, I break, I break all the products. So I, I try to allow for people to have, you know, different price points they can get in. We'll break the National Treasures, Flawless, uh, Definitive. I even got some of the higher end stuff coming, but I'll break the Diamond Kings, the Don Russ, the Allen and Ginter. Those are fun to pull those mini rip cards. Oh, we had a mini rip card, and the guy who hit it said, yeah, let's rip the rip card on, on Facebook. I don't usually get to rip the rip cards. You know, I send them with the cards. And sure. We pulled a one-of-one one wood Mariano Rivera, and that was pretty cool to see because those are pretty rare, right? The one-of-one one wood sure, right. that are only in the mini cards. So that was that was a lot of fun. And Mo Rivera too. What a popular player to be uh, to be pulling out of that. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Let, 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 uh, this is a question that I'd like to ask uh, when we have breakers on pricing. You guys are always. I mean, again, there's there's a, there's tons of breakers out there. You guys are having to stay competitive with each other. So when it comes to pricing, is there? Do you have a formula? Do you how how do you change up to make sure every, make sure everybody's getting something fair? That's a great question. I think what people need to understand is there's so many breakers, like to your point, like you're always going to be able to go find another breaker that has a team that's cheaper. Maybe it's your team. I'll get that PM once in a while. Well, this guy's got it for 20 and you've got it for 25. Like I get it for 20. Well, if you look at across the board, everybody's going to have one of my teams cheaper. Right. If you look at it as a whole, my my overall pricing is very competitive. And, And pricing is actually something I take, a lot of pride in because I'll spend the time to look at the checklist and I'll, I'll, I'll try to price it based on if I would buy into this break for this team, you know, like I'll look at the checklist and say, okay, there's only one potential auto. I'm not going to charge 40 bucks for a team when the, if they, even if they hit the best card in here, which is an auto of X player, it's not worth 40 bucks. That's not how I try to do it, you know? So back to your point though, the pricing thing, it, it's hard to compete with a lot of the bigger breakers, even even on Facebook, um, for lowest price because a lot of those guys are getting stuff even cheaper. For example, I think what was it, Museum Collection this year? One of the breakers priced it at uh, the the total break price was less than twenty four hundred dollars. Well, I was paying two hundred dollars a box, so I couldn't even get it for less than what he's breaking it for. And sure. So, and and he's he's got a shop though too, so he's getting maybe a little better deal or maybe doing more volume than me too but there's other products like i'm I'm very competitive with across the board with everybody on facebook and even and i don't know if it's the right place but when you look online and a lot of people are doing this for a big business a lot of those prices are a lot higher than what you can find on facebook not just with me but with a lot of facebook breakers and so i think 
this whole world of Facebook breaking I'm finding is fairly new to a lot of people and, and maybe people are afraid of it because they don't necessarily know who they can trust. But I think the more people that find the breaker on Facebook that they trust, they, they probably have better opportunities or at least cheaper opportunities. You know, the cards, that's all going to be whatever's in the cards that we get shipped. We can't control that, but what we can do is control the price and the experience and the shipping times. So there's things that we that I pride myself in that I'm I feel like I'm doing the right way, and I know my customers appreciate that too. Of course, that that's ultimately all that matters is that you're doing it the right way, and, and I'm convinced that you have your your p's and q's, and I'm I'm gonna come check you out. That's a that's a shameless plug on my end because you're plugging me, but uh, I really appreciate that again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a solid and come jump in one of your breaks. But this is what I want to do. Uh, I want to get our my listeners in as well. So, before you we we jump off the line here, could you please tell uh, my my entire listening audience where they can find you on social media, find you uh, your website and all that, how they can contact you and get get going on uh, on your breaks here. Yes, absolutely. The, the main point, the main place that we find us is the website, which is uh, mnnicecards.com. And that'll give you a link to our Facebook group, uh, as well as the Facebook business page. But the group on Facebook is MN Nice Cards. So you literally just search that. You'll find um, probably my business page and the group. You ask to join the group. There's some basic questions that you have to answer. Um, and then once you're in, you can see all the fun. You know, I break four or five nights a week, sometimes more if my wife uh, allows it. But uh, yes, that's the main places where you can find me all right guys go check him out uh get involved i've i've been on his site actually I, i've checked it out on on the facebook pages and uh i love the way that you do fillers because instead of just being boring and bland just putting the name the text out there you use uh you use logos or helmets for for the, the teams that you're filling i really like that it, it I don't know why it just makes it a little more tangible. I know that if you're running for a filler, if I'm in a filler, then the Browns are in it. I can see that because their helmet is there. So I, it's a little thing, but I appreciate it. Well, cool. Yeah, we tend to t- stay away from fillers, but sometimes to get a break to go on time. We we do use them, so it's a cheap way. You know, some people wait just for the fillers. So. Right, right. That, um, that that's true. Sometimes yeah. that does happen. All right, man. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we before we jump off the line? Anything at all? You want to say Skull Vikings, anything? Yeah, Skull Vikings first. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to my wife, who if she listens to this, she might not still be listening to this, but I wouldn't be able to do this without her. I've been very passionate about it, and she knows that. And as frustrating as it is sometimes for uh, her, uh, she's been very supportive, and it's um, – really allowed me to achieve a lot and i just i appreciate her so much i need her to know that so. our, yeah you know what our our wives uh i have this i have this uh, idea in the back of my head where i want to do a podcast or a reality tv show called you know real wives of the hobby or or real real wives of beckett media or something like that where we get their opinions <laughs> on things i think it would be great but our wives who who do play a role in this uh, you know, typically they are the the balancing point at, on which we have to go left or right. But uh, it's always nice to have a supportive one. So kudos to you. Yeah, my for- w- sorry, my wife would be all for that. She's got a lot to say, I'm sure. <laughs> she actually did a guest break too. We've been doing memorabilia breaks a lot recently, 
And uh, we don't break on Fridays. That's like my wife's night to have me and her and the kids and everything. But we were doing a memorabilia break on a Friday. We had like five or six of them lined up, and she came down and guest broke. And it was, if you can find her, you have to watch it. She's hilarious. She, we pulled jerseys that were signed, and she said, wow, this, this would look really great on you. And <laughs> she's, she's a riot. She's awesome. A riot. The helmets, too. Oh, this would look great on you. Like, Awesome. That's anyway, great stuff. I just stuff. appreciate her. Awesome. Yeah, you have to. You have to. All right, guys. That is it for this week. Uh, ben, thank you for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Guys, until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Jericho. Wireless fiber optics. The game's virus control. I'm stealth mode kill clone. With accurate mic control, I explode and break bones. Son of none crossing enemy zones. The headphones are pushing forward to. Mission control, it's stories to be told Bold, decode these remotes Broke down but says behold The illest from CO Deep through the keyhole to see this one light Leeches lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for fist fight Because they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother with no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and high hats They be the get right Here they give the blind sight What? Me and my people just might tonight Alright, me and my people just might